I thought I was lost, but then I realized I was on an adventure finding myself. Hey everyone, do you know an organization that's looking for a keynote speaker, workshop host, or retreat speaker? I am currently filling slots for the 2023 speaking year. I'd love to talk about everything that we talk about here on the podcast. You've been hearing me talk about Arbon, but you're probably wondering what it is. Arbon is a vegan, gluten-free, skincare and cosmetic, and nutrition company. It has strict standards for clean products and ethical business practices. The company is over 40 years old and has been doing clean before clean was the trend. These products have made an impact in my life and can make an impact in yours. Check the link in the show notes. Hello to all of my listeners out there. Welcome to the Finding Myself podcast. I am Meredith Siget, your host here at this podcast. Guys, oh, you, I hope you are settled in, you have your favorite drink, and you are ready for some great conversation because that is what is going to happen today. The guest I have today is absolutely amazing. And I, I need to kind of give you a little bit of a background because in all honesty, I think the universe was talking here. So we have a, a it, it's just a strange situation. I do think the universe was talking here. The universe put this guest in front of me. That is the only way that I can explain this. So I have Mike Cole here today, and we'll we'll actually talk about our connections. I don't want to ignore you this whole time. Hi, Mike. How are you doing? Hello. I'm really well, and um, I'm I'm excited you've introduced it in this way as well because it is a great little story. It's such a a weird moment. But, yes. Um, I genuinely very excited to be here and really looking forward to the conversation. I know we've spoken a few times about various bits and they're always really fun and really interesting. Yes. So, so I, I had to stop myself because I could go on for a while without introducing you and I didn't think that would be a great episode to just leave you out of the first part of it. Yeah, well, I've got my drink, so, you know, I'll just settle in, as you were saying. <laughs> well, great. So... Um, so just to kind of explain how Mike and I met, our, our paths crossed. Again, I think the universe was working here. So around the 4th, just before the 4th of July weekend, I'm just sitting back enjoying myself and flipping through Facebook. And I, it, this is how I'm going, I'm going to just say it how I think it went. I'm not really 100% sure this is really how it went. So I'm flipping through Facebook and I see a post from one of the podcast groups that I'm part of and it was basically an Instagram handle share just that we would follow each other on Instagram. So I open up the post and look through the comments that were there to see if there was anyone that made sense for me to follow or that I was interested in. And I landed on you with some of the things that you said. Then I moved the trail to Instagram, checked you out, followed you, and was like, hold on a minute here. This guy is awesome. I, 
I kept going and I, I kept clicking things and, and looking at you, going to your website. And I'm like, I got to I gotta meet this guy. So I reached out to you and asked if you had ever thought about being a podcast guest. And, and that's just how we started talking. Well, then as I prepared for our, uh, our video chat, I wanted to kind of go back to that original post so I could have my story. I can't find that post. Then I started questioning myself because you don't have a podcast. So I was like, where did I meet this guy? So now I am looking through every group that I'm in. I am searching for your name. I'm searching for this post. And I was like, I have no clue how I got his name and how I got to him. And at first I was like, this sounds really stupid. <laughs> I, like, how can I tell this guy, I really don't know how I found you, but I found you. But then I thought, no, 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 no. Let's back the truck up. There's a reason I found you. This is the universe speaking to me. The universe put you in front of me because I need to talk to you. And so then I took this on as like, no, this is meant to be. There's a purpose here and I've got to talk to this guy. I've got to get him on the podcast. I know. A little bit heavy, a little bit crazy, but I'm going with it. What do you think, Mike? Well, and for, right, so from my side, which just adds a nice little extra bit, I'm there thinking, I feel like I've got a message that I want to go out and share and spread. And I really need to, to, to do that. I need to get engaged, get on podcasts, get you know out there talking and sharing. And literally that day, you ping up in my in my Instagram messages going, uh, oh, Mike, I think you'd like to talk. I've got this podcast. It'd be really cool. And I was like, oh, okay, that's a sign. Um, so we speak. We get on a call. We have a chat. And you're like, well, you know, what can we talk about? And um, you suggested some things. And I'm like, well, there's this thing that's really on my heart that I'd love to talk about. And we spoke about it. And you're like, wow, brilliant. This sounds, this sounds excellent. And I just, I felt in that moment, there was something special here. Um, so yeah, no, definitely. Like universe is doing something. They, I mean, it gives me chills because essentially <laughs> you live in the UK. Our paths would not cross in normal daily life. Yeah. Th there would be no chance of it. Um, and, but like the universe just said, you two have to meet. You, you need to connect and see what happens because it's going to be great. And yeah. I I love that. One, I love that about the podcast opportunity that I have in front of me, that I do get to meet such wonderful people um, for such a variety of reasons. I personally, I love meeting new people and learning new things. Um, but when you get a sense that your purpose is bigger than yourself, it, it just, it's just amazing. It makes my soul smile. That's fantastic. The only thing I find is almost like a weight of expectation when you feel like you're on a mission to share. And then you're like, well, am I going to do it justice? You know, it's this really, uh, really cool thing. But, you know, can I, can I express it well enough? So um, I'll let your listeners decide how we do. Um, <laughs> but, but absolutely super keen about the conversation. Um, and, um it's so much fun i've had so much fun just having time with you it's been great and i 
see, I don't look at it as pressure, to be honest with you, because the universe guides us and puts us in the place where we're going to shine. We don't need to be anything different than who we are. We were chosen for that purpose. So for me, it just, it's like sliding into your favorite pair of shoes and just taking off, right? So I guess we, we've got to get on with this episode here since we've got such a great lead in to how things are. I feel like I really didn't do the intro justice. Um, hi, Mike. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I'm really well. Yeah, really well. Um, yeah, and, and look, genuinely excited to be here. And I think it's, it's going to be, I hope it's going to be a really interesting uh, discussion and, and chat. Um, yeah. So originally, when I looked at some of your information, I saw something on your website that really intrigued me, and it was your motivational maps. Putting those two words together, I thought, was really interesting, and I know when I looked on your website, it was very much like business-leaning. So looking at doing some of that business coaching, but I had asked, like, is this applicable to people? And you're like, well, yes. So I I love this idea of motivational maps, and that's where we started talking. Mm. But then you just, you just shined. You were yourself and you shined, and you came through with your passion and talking about it. So this episode is about your passion. And I, I kind of coined it as using your quirks to lead to success. And I had a hard time with that word quirks because it can take on some different connotations. Um, But essentially, maybe using some of those characteristics that make you you, maybe there's something that challenges you. Maybe there's something that lets you sparkle. Maybe it's something that makes you unforgettable. And you've found some ways to just have that lead you to success. And I think that is an awesome, just an awesome way of thinking about things instead of looking at our quirks as a a negative. All right, so let's get into your hardwiring. Let's get into your passion. Let all my listeners know where this is all going because, I mean, this is all great. Um, So that's going to be even better. So I, I actually, I, you said right at the beginning, um, you were thinking about the title and you went for Your Quirks Can Lead You to Success. And I, I thought, I read that, I was like, oh, that's such a good title. Because we've talked we've talked about how strengths can really help you, how understanding that can make life better from making you feel better, but also adding value and all that sort of stuff. And that that's all super true and really, really important. Um, what I've learned is how to tackle with some of, some of our more natural or hardwired I've been calling them challenges. I try not to use the word weakness. Quirks is, a, is another pretty reasonable phrase for them. So if I give it, I'm going to give an example, try and explain it. Um, I've got a whole bunch of examples that, that may or may not be relevant. Let's start with this one. So I, when I was about 15, I was diagnosed dyslexic. Um, I was really fortunate to be at a school in the UK, which um, had, it was, what was it, early 90s, um, mid-90s, um, dyslexia was still kind of really being understood at the very beginning of really being understood. Um, it, the school I was at happened to be a trial 
school. They were sort of piloting, testing and understanding. My brother showed stronger signs of being dyslexic than I did, so they uh, did some work with him. And then the guy in charge of the trial went, I think it's genetic. I think there might be evidence that this is genetic. So I want to test his siblings, as in me. There were no, they, as far as they were concerned, no signs of me being dyslexic. It was all, you know, uh, it was all fine. Um, and it was back then the mentality, you're fine or you're not fine, <laughs> which is all rubbish, of course, because it's just how we are. It's not it's not good or it's not bad. It's just how we are. Yeah. Um, and we need to lean into what makes us special and not not be scared of that. Um, anyway, so we did this. I did. I did the tests. I got this report back and this report said, yes, you're dyslexic. Um, and I used to say I'm a bit dyslexic. You're not a bit. You can't be. <laughs> it's the way your brain works. <laughs> um but I used to say I was a bit dyslexic when I, I suppose didn't know it so well. The report said in it a whole bunch of different stuff, but it said these. It said this particular phrase, um, I have a processing speed issue. And do you know what I did with that information? I literally threw it in the bin, buried it. Oh, okay. And I didn't think ever about it again. Because what comes to mind when you think processing speed issue? What came to my mind was you're a bit thick. Uh, Slow to learn. Yeah. Can't think well. You're, you're stupid, you know, you're not going to be able to, to accomplish. Yeah. So I was in top sets for everything. I've got very strong academic, um, uh, done very well academically. I hate the kind of approach of clever or not clever. That I, that annoys me because I actually think it's all a bit outdated. I don't think clever actually helps you in work, if you know what I mean. Um, so sort of skipping the kind of, but I want to make the point that that the the almost the prejudice that goes with having a processing speed challenge is thoroughly flawed, and it's why it wouldn't stand out and you wouldn't know. But I I told nobody. I ignored it. I buried it. I buried it so far in my in my brain that I literally forgot about it entirely. And then my kids were getting diagnosed for dyslexia. One of them was, um, and I, I read their report and I was like, oh no, they've got processing speed. Oh, that sucks, doesn't it? And I'm like. Hang on, hang on a minute, <laughs> because they're a lot like me. <laughs> they're an awful lot, brain-wise, they're an awful lot like me. Um, I was like, right, where's my report? So I had to, I had to phone my mum and go, have you got my report still? This is how little I like cared about that report. I didn't even have it. Um, she sent it through, I read it, and I was like, oh, yeah, I've got a processing speed issue. And at that moment, and, and again, this will have been in the last, let's say, three years, um, in that moment, I went, ah, oh, I get it. So I was going into, um, I was going into the typical, like my typical day at work five years ago would be back to back meetings all day, probably through lunch. I would have at certain times, multiple meetings in at the same time. And obviously I would, I would have rejected going. I would be expected to magically go to both. It's obviously entirely impossible. Um, <laughs> But I would get no time to think, no time to do anything. And yet I'd have a full to-do list of stuff I'd actually have to do, not just turn up to meetings. Right. So I'd go into a meeting, the first meeting. They'd talk about this major problem. It may or may not come down to me to solve. We'd go into the second meeting on a totally different subject. And then as we're going through all of this, there'd be another set of issues that I also need to think about and work on or find some analysis or, or do some work on. Then a third meeting. And then now there might start to be some that are sort of follow-ups to earlier ones, but they could just be, they could all be almost unrelated. Okay. Um, and I had a magic trick. So I could go in, hear this thing, 
have no time to think about it, no time to talk about it with anyone or do any analysis. You could, I could go and do some other stuff, come back and ha magically have an answer. And it was amazing. So people were like, how, how, how did you work that out? Well, it's just obvious. Like literally, it's just obvious. It's the processing speed thing is that my brain doesn't instantly go, here's an answer. It goes, give me a minute, I'll get back to you. But while the rest of my brain continues with what's going on around me, the processing speed bit goes and works on an answer so that while I'm in the second meeting, it's working out the answer to the first. And then I'm like, oh, ping, 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 fire out an email, solve that one, on to the next one. Wow. But if I had to give that answer in that meeting, I'd have struggled. If I had no meeting in between the two, I wouldn't have answered the question any quicker. I need to leave okay. my process, my, that processing bit of my brain to, to crack on. Now, I would have done something else in the meantime. But what I've done is I've, I'd adapted in my work. So I, I knew this. What it meant is if somebody pushed me, I need an answer from you. I go, I've got to jump on another call, which would be true. I need to go and deal with this other problem, which would be true. Let me get back to you in the next two hours. Knowing fully well that what I will think about in the next, my thoughts in an hour's time will be better than my thoughts now. And they were. And it worked over and over again. So then I'm reading this report thinking I've been using this for about 15 years in my work. Coincidentally, I'd even do it in an exam. I would read the entire, uh, what would I do? Would I read the entire paper? I'd certainly, if I was working through an exam paper and I hit a question I couldn't do, that didn't instantly jump out at me and go, yeah, I know how to do it. I'd just leave it, move on. When I come back to it, by then my subconscious gone, here you go, Mike. I'm like, yes, thank you. That is, it's so interesting to hear that, uh, that the, the brain is still processing the information from the initial questioner challenge while it's moved on to other information, which I think, you know, speaks to there are many different parts of our brain that are functioning at the same time with different information, and we don't always acknowledge that. And in what you're doing, you're acknowledging this is how my brain functions best, and it continues to function, so I need to allow it the time to do what it needs to do, and you naturally found ways to allow it to do it um, you know allowing your you and your brain space to to just do and saying hey I'm not gonna re I'm not gonna be reactive I'm not gonna put myself in that position to be reactive give me some time I'll come back to you and I gotta gotta imagine the little time that I've I've known you you will come back to them so they trusted, if I give him this time, I will get an answer. So just give him the time and I'll get the answer. And they'll get a good answer. So they know, the reason they've asked me in the first place is they know that I'm going to help them. Probably because I can see the big picture and I know how their small bit plays into the big, big element. I'm also very good at logic puzzles. Just again, I can just see an alternative way of doing it. So if, if someone's tried to do something and it's failed, I can probably... Uh, find a way that works and probably easily find a way that works if neither of us have tried to find a way that works mine's no more likely to work than theirs is but if theirs has failed chances are mine will work does that make sense yeah. so from a firefighting perspective ideal 
So I was often dropped into sort of firefighting scenarios in terms of corporate finance, not <laughs> not real scary stuff, um, and could work magic. And as a result, people like really love you for that. I mean, the downside for me is it means you keep going into stressful situations and sorting them out. So, but I was good at it. Well, <laughs> really and good at it. I think you you bring up you know that uh, you know not everyone's made to be an emergency room doctor. Um, not everyone's made to be a firefighter. Um, not everyone's made to do data entry. We, we all function differently and finding how your brain functions. I know you're making me think of um, when I go in. Un, unfortunately, I, I work in public schools. Emergencies happen in, in different types of emergencies. I don't want to, you know, say anything scarier. We have, you know, just under a thousand people in my building. You're going to have medical emergencies happen, you know, just general safety issues. Um, and at times, like for me, it's almost like the, the brain flips and it, it, there's a different part of my brain that comes forward to see and do what needs to happen now and the emotional side of things goes to the back so that I can do what needs to happen. And I, I can recognize that in my brain. Um, so I think, you know, for everyone recognizing when they're in different types of situations, the lazy situations, the high stress situations, the happy situations to the mournful situations, see how your brain and body react and then where there are those positives or those strengths, know that that can be applied in other areas. Totally. And and actually, those are strengths. So being calm in high pressure situations, being able to take logic or you know um, systematically work through something when things aren't going to plan or a key event happens that you need to be in very few occasions panic helps. So the vast majority of times in a bad situation, if you can be calm, be one of the calmest people in the room, you're going to be one of the most helpful people in the room. Right. Um, as long as that calmness brings action, and and that's a strength. And so again, it's the sort of it's exactly the sort of behaviour that we just discount as well. That's just kind of how I am, and it's easy, and it's how I respond. It is how you respond, and it is easy for you, and that's great. It's a strength of yours, and it makes you very valuable in those situations. Hopefully, you're not in many of those situations, but with a thousand people in a in a building, this stuff this stuff happens absolutely. Yeah. And so you've harnessed, I mean, it, it definitely sounds like you've harnessed this in the business area um, and using a way of organizing your thoughts to see the, the bigger pictures, to see how the parts all move together. Like I'm imagining the cogs and wheels that eventually have an output they do something together but how do I fit this here move this so that moves and we create this working machine to make something happen you're able to see that big machine so that the output comes yeah what are some ways that you've applied this personally 
can I just, I just I love that analogy by the way the different cogs and um, one thing I'd say is if someone said to me so I'm trying to move this cog and I'd be like oh that's connecting all these different cogs together the sort of thing I'd say is isn't it easier to move that cog and then they're like oh oh my goodness yes <laughs> okay shall we put our effort into moving that cog instead yeah let's do that that's often how it goes yes um, and then I don't necessarily move the cog I help then move the cog but but they're more able to do that and it kind of works um, what does it mean? Yeah, what, what does it mean for me personally? So I, yeah, so I've used, I've, I, if I look back in my big corporate world, I see exactly how I was using these things. And there's, there's other challenges in there as well from some handwriting speed, um, from memory and some other bits. And I've got, you know, equal kind of tips and tricks that I used, which actually led to greater efficiency. I was more efficient than my colleagues and I was doing it out of necessity because I had to do it. But it was it was actually a better route of doing it, which is again fascinating. Which is why I love the title. Your quirks lead you to success. I was doing, uh, you know, doing something which should be a bad thing, and yet actually I was, it was making me more efficient than they were. Well, yes, I um, seeing those tools and tricks and tips that you need to do when you are challenged. Uh, it, like I, I'm going to give the example of a stutterer, um, I, someone that I, I love dearly as a stutterer. And there are techniques that they need to use to be able to communicate appropriately. So there's, we call it the tools in the toolbox. And it's to try to positively influence the challenge that this person is facing. So your tips and tools and tricks to overcome your challenges actually made you better and more efficient in the corporate world and in your job. Um, and that had to also impact you instead of the, oh gosh, here we go again. I'm so, using your expression, thick. No, you shined. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and, and I've taken from, I'm going to come to the personal thing, don't worry. Yeah. Um, I've read it in a little note just to make sure I come to it. Um, to, to go from the corporate world to my own small business, you know, as a, as a coach, I um, run my own small business. And it's beautiful because processing-wise, I don't tell people what to do. That's not the kind of coaching I do. I help someone explore what's going on for them in their mind. I don't have to tell them what to do. Therefore, I just have, ask simple, open questions. It's beautiful. Um, in other things, I uh, memory, again, it's not a major part of what I do. Um, so I, I've now actually doing work, which stays away from the things that I find worst um, and plays very much to where my strengths are around trust, around big picture, because I do quite a bit around strategy um, and, and other things as well. <clears throat> so I'm really lucky to have moved I could have done that in the finance world I was in, but I'm even luckier to be in a space that really plays to what makes me special. And as a result, has a huge benefit for the people that I work with, which is so exciting to see. Right, I'm going to stop putting it off. Um, <laughs> personal, how do I use it personally? I'm really aware. I probably, I, I guess the catch personally is I don't, look for compensations in the same way um, against my weaknesses or against these sort of quirks, these challenges. Um, and 
I because that's from necessity. So it was drilled into me. You know, when I, when you're in the corporate world, when I was at Ernst and Young, it was absolutely clear they didn't go quite as far as the bottom person's going to get fired. But you knew you needed to be, you know, above half, <laughs> preferably in the top quarter. Um, and my aim was always to be around the sort of top quarter, top third mark. Because if you're in that sort of zone, you're you're comfortable from any, you know, headcount pressures and that sort of stuff you're likely to get some pretty interesting opportunities as well to do that i needed to outperform a whole section of people and so every single thing of me that wasn't good enough i needed to hone and improve and drive and, and get better at which i did um and indeed i started off with a lot of weaknesses and a lot of them some of them have become strengths some of them are just neither they're just kind of nothingness but that's why i now look and talk about the hardwired the ones further down in my personal life I guess I just haven't thought about it from that perspective. But I've what I've done is beaten myself up about it. Um, so my memory's not great. Uh, I write things down. That helps me. I don't necessarily need to refer back to the thing I wrote down, but the sheer act of writing it down, um, there's neuroscience around it, isn't there, behavioural uh, brain stuff, that suggests that really helps us. Mm-hmm. Um, so a friend will tell me something. I'll be chatting to them, and they'll tell me something really sad, like um, one of their parents has passed away. And I'm like, that's super sad. And I, I don't see the friend again for another year. And I go and see the friend. And I now think, which parent was it that passed away? I can't remember. I didn't get a notebook out when they told me and write it down. <laughs> I suppose I probably should have done when I'd stopped seeing them. Like when I got back to the car, maybe I need, needed to have, if, if it was a work scenario, I bet I would have written some notes. If I couldn't have written the notes there and then, I probably would have sat in the car and written some notes before I pulled away. But having seen a friend with our families, had a nice time together, eaten some food, uh, not fish and chips this time, probably a burger, but jumped in, the, jumped in the car to drive away, it's not crossed my mind to sit and write some notes out about it. And so I haven't applied some of the same sort of basic things that help mitigate it. And for a long time, that's made me feel really bad about things because I will... I won't think about it until I see them. And then I'll be like, oh, no, was it that? You, you don't want to get it wrong. Right. It's, it, it's, it's the sort of thing that you just don't want to get incorrect. And it's true with all sorts of different things, whether it's health and, and all sorts of stuff. You just, um, what I've started doing now, so when I saw him last summer and I said, do you know what? I've never talked to you about my dyslexia, but can I tell you about what it does with my memory? So I see the world in an incredibly logical way. Logical stuff works. Maths is easy for me because I don't have to remember lots of maths. It just I just get it. Languages are hard because languages, they're not very logical, <laughs> lots of them. <laughs> um, spelling words, you only have to look at some of the, the mad words in our language to think that's just, like, how on earth did you get to, to thinking that was sensible? Um, there's loads of TikToks and things, isn't there, of of other nationalities looking at English or American yes. and sort of going, hang on, how did you, how, how did you get, and I was trying to think of an example of fail, but how did you get these two words that sound the same to be spelt so incredibly different and obviously mean different things? Um, and, I, and I had an honest conversation with him and I'd like to think that's what I, one of the things I'm changing is trying to, to explain that it's not from a, it's, it, I still really care about him you know, I still really care about his family. And the fact that I can't remember is not a sign of, of lack of friendship, lack of care. And, and I absolutely promise it's not a, 
yeah, it, it's no diminishing of our, of how important he is to me in my life. It, it is just something that I really struggle with. Um, and so, so that I'm trying to be better with. Other things like processing speed stuff is fascinating. Um, if someone pressures me to make a decision, it will never go well for them. So I, I don't know what it's like there. If we buy double glazing, right, new windows, um, just... Double glazing, is that a phrase that you guys use as well, or is it something totally different? No, so that's why I was glad you said windows. <laughs> <laughs> so windows, and double glazing being two layers of windows with a vacuum in between, so they're sort yep. of better. Um, if I could think of your term, I'd use it. <laughs> I can't think what it is. Anyway, um, here, if you're buying them, they are a nightmare. They'll come in and they'll quote something really high, and then they'll be like, but if you buy it now, yes, I will give you a like 60 to 80% off. And the longer you leave it, the more ridiculous the discount gets. So while they're still with you. And so you've got to make them basically uncomfortable. And then you, it took four hours to buy ours. And the price just kept going lower and lower. But the thing is, for me, I feel bounced into a decision. I hate it. So I'd much prefer to get a written quote and leave me to think about it. Mm-hmm. You miss out on a good deal if you do that on those scenarios. So I try and, and my wife knows this about me so what we try and do is uh, we try and do the research in advance get a feel for what we think is right so i've had the time to process it and think about it and, and get that sort of feel which i just don't get otherwise i say i don't have to think i don't actually need the thinking time i need the gap <laughs> and then when they actually come and they say it either it's what we're expecting it to be it's better in which case it's a no-brainer yep absolutely yeah. we'll, we'll have that or it's not as good and we're like no get out <laughs> um it just makes me feel much happier and I'm lucky that my wife is someone who loves doing like research and she digs into stuff. And so actually now I've started going, well, you know, like with the memory and I have to take more notes and stuff, I could do it. But actually you like your, you, you prefer doing the research. You're better at remembering the outcomes of it. Why don't you do the research? Um, she's getting wise to this. And I think this, we might see this ebb and flow a bit <laughs> where she's like, hang on, it's your turn. Yeah. But, um, but we're, we're, we just work in partnership in that way. Um, in our own home lives as well as in our actual work to, to do it. Well, I think it's great. So what I'm hearing from you is one, being authentically you. And I, I use the word authentically you instead of apologetically you. Because you started like when you use the example of with your friend and the memory, there was, you know, a bit of, you know, apology, but you didn't start that way. You said, can I tell you about myself? Let me kind of share with you who I am and and frame it. And I do care about you. Instead of it coming off as, I'm really sorry, totally, you know, blanked on what had happened in your life. It was, I'm going to be vulnerable and explain myself. And you're going to understand where I'm coming from and my heart is still full and you're connecting with the person instead of trying to make excuses. I love that being, being authentic and, and just saying, this is where I sit and we can sit together. It also, you know, having a partner. So having a partner who accepts you for you and compliments you too um you know works with you instead of against you 
and finding those ways to live the the daily life. Um, and I mean, we, we heard that with your homeschooling and I, it sounds like you use your strengths and her strengths to teach the kids. Um, but I also think you're bringing out your compassion because of the challenges and the quirks that you have and accepting your children for who they are too. Yeah, I think it's, I love that. I think that's absolutely right. I think it's so important that the, the world of work has changed so much in the last 20 years. It will change more than that in the next 20. Yes. So the world that my children and your children are going into, they need, we don't know what it's going to look like and we don't know the skills they're going to need, but the more that they can understand themselves and nurture what it is that they can really bring, and this is why I don't like the idea of thinking of like, uh, you know, I've got good marketing knowledge. I mean, that stuff changes so very fast. But if you know that you learn quickly, if you know that you are adaptable, if you know that, and, it, and it's fine if you don't learn quickly, and it's fine if you're not adaptable, but if you find the bits that really do make you special from that lower level, almost personality, hardwired brain function, whatever angle, you can use that in any situation to find out where where you'll perform well and therefore how you can use that in your advantage and ultimately the more value you give the more value you're going to get back so the nicer life you're going to have and all that sort of stuff and um one of my children's uh, autistic and dyslexic and we look at the world that he faces and think in the experiences i've had in in the workplace that needs to change for him to thrive i believe it will change and i also believe Within 20 years, it will definitely have changed. But I feel we're now starting to be at a tipping point where it could change pretty rapidly. Yes. One in 10. Yeah, one in 10 people outside of any... So irrelevant of culture, ethnicity, any of that, apparently one in 10 people are dyslexic. And if you think of all these big companies employing tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people, that's a huge workforce who a whole bunch of them I've got a skill that's not being tapped into. And the second they really think about it, they're going to flip that switch and be like, right, I want you to be able to, we've, we already wanted you to bring your best, but we weren't able to provide the opportunity for you to do it. Let's provide the opportunity. Let's get all this amazing extra thought and whatever, you know, all mm -hmm. that stuff happening. And it's going to really change the world. And I just think that's a very, very exciting place to be. Um, I hope that also comes through from work into our own individual lives and how we are being authentically ourselves and and my my message I've, I've written down be authentically you because that you're absolutely right I have been apologetically me I'm now in a being authentically me but we, that's what we all need to do there's one caveat I want to add and I know this is a clean podcast so I'm going to be um, very careful okay <laughs> you, it's not an excuse to be a nasty person. So if you're inherently a little bit nasty to people, it's not an excuse to go, well, that's just how I am. Right. Um, so we've talked entirely from a positivity, from a, how we can help other people, how we can use it in a positive way. And from that angle, it's like a superpower, a special weapon, you know, amazing thing to do. 
you can use it in a negative and a bad way as, as a justification for, for things that aren't okay. And ultimately that comes down to the individual as to what they're going to do with it. But I don't think that's acceptable in my against my values and what I believe in the world. And I think if people are going that route, that's bad. But I do think we can all be, personally, I feel we could all be successful in a world where we all are successful and thrive without having to put someone else down for us to do it. I, I, I mean, people might accuse me of being, you know, Pollyanna or looking through rose-colored glasses, but I do not want to believe that anyone is authentically nasty. Usually there is a purpose, a reason, something down deep. So for them to use that as a strength or as an excuse, um, I, I don't want to believe that's authentically them. I want them to work through what is making them that way so that we can see the person inside and shine. Um, you know, going back to the example of the stutterer, uh, stuttering has a high anxiety. High anxiety does not lead to warm fuzzies. Um, so there might be some grumbles and some sharpness to that person. But if I am recognizing that it's just the anxieties that are, are bringing it, that out, if I'm calming myself down and being authentic to say, you know what, I'm, I'm having some difficulty today and it, it's not allowing me to communicate the best. Uh, I just need to take some time to calm down. Again, it's owning that authenticity, giving me, I'm taking on the persona of a stutterer, the space to accept the challenges that I'm having, but also know that I can be successful in spite of those challenges. And, and maybe a mitigation that you create to overcome that stutter might actually be more efficient, effective, productive, etc., than people that don't have it. The, the sheer act of getting around it might make you actually better to the point that everyone else goes, we should be behaving like that too. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing I'd encourage is, and, and part of this is accepting who you are at the hardwired point. So, a worry for me around stuttering would be that the process, the tools and techniques to try and suppress it, suppress communication and creativity as well. As in, if you're putting in too much brain effort to trying to adapt and use a technique, yeah, it could... It's it could strangling a bit, yeah. Right. And there's a balance in that. Um, and it's, it's a journey that... Uh, again it'll be a personal journey it'll be different for each stutterer in, in their own right and it's true for all which is using as an example aren't we it's true for all of these mm -hmm. um for any any of these challenges um that finding the right balance for us but absolutely your quirks can lead you to success yeah. there is huge opportunity for everyone based on exactly who they are and that is really exciting I think that is a great way for us to end. You wrapped it up so well. Uh, like, it is amazing sitting here with you. I, like, I'm like, where's my phone so I can take a picture of this moment? And I threw it across the, 
the room because unfortunately during this recording, I, my phone was blowing up. Um, so I threw it, I threw it to the other side of the room, but it is amazing seeing you talk like this and with the, the passion that you have. Um, I feel like I just got a front row seat to a wonderful talk. Thank you so much for joining me today. I so appreciate it. I so learned from it. It's an episode that I will go back to when I need to hear that inspiration to be authentically me. Thank you. Oh, fantastic. It's been an absolute pleasure to be here and to talk. As we said it would be at the beginning, it has been exactly what I thought. It is Meredith, it's such a pleasure to, to talk with you. And, and this is what I want to share. And I'm so keen to spread this message out there because it's so important. It's important for a lot of people to hear and uh, hopefully to take the real positives out of it. Yeah. Being authentically them. So please tell my listeners how they can get in contact with you. Fab. So I have made a special page just for your listeners. Wow. I know there's a great face from Meredith if only we could uh, we could see thank Exciting you thank you for doing um, that for my listeners well i want it to be super relevant you know really specific for them so um so if they want to go to my website to this special page so it's this forward slash meredith so this mike cole because there's loads of different mike coles so it's this one <laughs> this forward slash meredith and there's some information on there about me and how they can connect and get in touch if they want to. I have an amazing offer on there as well, which is linked to motivational maps, uh, which we touched on earlier. If they want to come and check that out, that'd be really, really cool. And there's some other fun, uh, really fun stuff there too. So uh, it'd be great if they want to go check that out. And it'd be really cool to connect. I also, by the way, love feedback. So one of the things I'm really into is is constantly growing and evolving and being ever better at these things. Um, so if they've got any feedback, if they want to get in touch and let me know, I would love to hear that too. That's awesome. If they want to send me any five stars too, by the way, um, that I could pin on my wall, that would be that would be epic. And indeed for Meredith for a podcast, of course, that would be cool too. Uh, but don't feel under any pressure to do that. Um, I do. I'm, I'm definitely taking that away. Like, where's my five star wall? Where am I putting on? And when am I giving myself five stars? So cool. Yes. So yeah, if anyone wants to come through uh, and connect, that'd be great. Thismightcall.com forward slash Meredith. All right. And I will put all of that information up in the show notes and drop some information in the Facebook group and on Instagram. Oh, I, I, I don't like, I feel like I don't want to say goodbye, but I think we have to. Um, Mike, it has been really great. I am so glad that the universe brought us together and that we can share this, this wonderful message with everyone else. Thank you. I'm so glad to. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you, universe, for sorting this out. <laughs> Absolutely out of the blue. And it's been brilliant and wonderful. Uh, and I very much look forward to hearing your other guests on the podcast and hopefully catching up with you soon. Yeah, great. Well, I'm just going to say goodbye to my listeners. Thank you for listening to Finding Myself. If you like what you heard, please leave a review. If you have a question or a suggestion, feel free to email me at findingmyselfpodcast at gmail.com. I also invite you to be part of our Finding Myself community on Facebook. There you will have access to more resources, more suggestions, more information, and the opportunity to be part of discussions. 
Please meet us back here next time. The universe is here and it's working. Um, and and if, if you're trying to think, if you, any listeners are trying to think, well, where actually in the UK is that? If you know of anything around Robin Hood, which is Nottingham, I'm equally near Nottingham as a city, so I live between the two. Um, and so that's basically their Robin Hood territory, uh, if that helps. Um, so, okay, see, so yeah, that's where I am. I live in a very small village. We've got rolling countryside all around us. There are lots of green fields. It's really nice for me to get out and just get out for a walk in them and get some fresh air. Um, so I absolutely love doing that. Uh, I'm here with my wife and two kids. I've got a 14-year-old and a 12-year-old, and we home educate. And in the UK, that's pretty rare. I okay. think it's, it's more common in the US than, than it is in the UK. Um, it's growing over here, um, probably for similar reasons than in the US, I would, I would guess. But um, it's quite interesting what's happening there. And we've done that for, I don't know, six years or something, so for quite a while. Um, it meant quite a different pandemic, I think, for us than others. But um but we, my, my wife and I work together, uh, we home educate together. She currently now does more of that than I do, but we kind of flex it over time. So, um, and tackle with having the kids around a lot as well. So it's a really interesting kind of set of dynamics that's going on in our household. There is a moment in my life that I have had where if it was worth less than five million pounds, I didn't even worry about it. Can you imagine? I, I mean, like on a personal no. note. <laughs> To be like, ah, oh, five million, yeah. That's jump that? change. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. yeah, don't even need to justify what it is. Now, other people did, so it wasn't ignored by anyone, but just from my role, <laughs> it was too small a number to worry about, which is, um, uh, well, fascinating. So yeah. there you go. That was that particular role. Yeah. Done all sorts of different ones.